Through the lens of loving local and seeing global, we obsessively search for people whose stories need to be told and how OKC played a supporting role. Hosted by Katherine Bexton and Emmy Coves, welcome to Action City. Emmy, I can see you, but I'm not I'm sitting Catherine. next to you. I know. Hey. I know yours says Gracie Buxton. I know, and my computer says Gracie Buxton. You can... <laughs> I don't know how that happened because it used to say Catherine Buxton. So somebody changed some setting somewhere that I'll never be able to change back. <laughs> That's I okay. I know. Isn't it crazy? We're going into 2022 and we're on zoom right now. I, I just cannot with this business. I know. And we were just discussing that probably everybody we know has COVID. Yes. I think that's my peak is that I don't. <laughs> Thank God you, I feel like you should just stay inside for the next five weeks. I, I can't though. That's the thing. I, I like, I feel like there's so much going on and it's like, I'm at that point in my pregnancy where I'm at the doctor almost every week and all that <sighs> stuff. And so I can't, I wish I could be a hermit, but I have too much stuff to do. I know. I, I mean, I mean, I don't, who has time to sit at home for five days? I mean, it sounds fabulous. I no, 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 no. Look, so yesterday Jeff had, he, he thought he was feverish, which he took his temperature. He was not. But so I had him take a test. And the whole time I was like, if you're sick, I'm going to kill somebody because the problem is that if he gets sick, then we're exposed. And so then we have to wait five days and then we get tested. And then the kids, because they're not vaccinated, they're too young. They have to wait an even longer time. So like, essentially, if you have small children and somebody in your house is positive for COVID, like you, you're quarantined what? two weeks, ten days, essentially. Yeah. So <laughs> what if Campbell gets it? Campbell can't quarantine. Do you know what I mean? Like, what if she was the only one in the family that had it? Like you're not sticking her in a room by herself for two weeks. And she's too young to wear a mask. So I don't know. Yeah. We would just, yeah, I would probably try to wear a mask when I could, but I mean, it's impossible with little kids. Honestly, this whole quarantine since the beginning for families with small children and thankfully, you know, small kids, it hasn't been as bad as other age groups, but it's wild. I I feel for all of them. I know, but I do think it's getting slightly worse. I mean, I think the media is being sort of sensationalizing that it a little bit, but I do yeah. think there's more children hospitalized with Omicron than there were with Delta or whatever the variants oh, yes. for that. Right. I think you're right. I don't honestly, like I'm trying not to pay attention because it gives me anxiety. No, I think that's and I, because I'm about to have a baby. I just like, I don't want things to get worse because I want to be able to see my parents at the hospital and yeah. I want to not be fearful for the baby. And, you know, it's like, it's all a little too much. So I'm trying to be informed, but not, but not. Yeah. That's kind of, I think that's a good rule of thumb just in general. I think it's especially a good rule of thumb when you're pregnant. I tried not to be overly yes. informed when I was pregnant and there was no COVID. So I well, that's, yeah. Pregnancy honestly is, can be anxiety inducing if you're a little but, bit of a, um, what's, what's it called when you have like health? Yeah. Hypochondriacs. Yes. So, and that's the thing too, is like people love to tell you their worst labor story. It's like, you don't even ask. They're like, Oh, and 
as somebody who has two other children and had one really terrible labor, I'm like, I don't need your story. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I've already experienced it. Yes. So honestly, I think that's my pit in general. It's just like, okay. So I feel like I've talked about this before, but people should really just stop commenting on pregnant women's bodies. Like I'm really getting sick of it. Like, like one way or the other, like, oh, you're so yeah. cute or, oh, you're no, no, no. What? I love a compliment. Don't get me wrong. But like, I just don't think that people should be commenting on the size of your belly on how far along you look. I mean, it's all kind of a mental situation anyway, because you're oh. being forced to gain weight. And like, as somebody who's worked really hard to lose weight, for like the past five years in between all these kids, yeah, it's like, I don't really care. Like even it, I mean, I get this a lot and I'm really tall. And so I'm carrying smaller. Like, I think my bump looks smaller than it, it quote unquote should, but just like, don't tell me that I barely look pregnant or because I feel massive. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Gosh, I feel like I've said that. I take it back. Well, Amy. No, it's everybody does it. And it's, I even, I'm debated bringing it up as I started talking about it, so but don't, so I don't just, say you barely look pregnant. No, do not tell somebody they're barely showing because the truth of the matter is, is that they mentally are having to deal with the fact that like they're getting bigger and okay. your opinion of what they should look like. I mean, you would, okay. For instance, if somebody loses a ton of weight, what do you say to them? You say, oh my gosh, you look great. Right. Like, yeah. If somebody is gaining weight and you're trying to say, oh, it doesn't look, you're not that it big. It doesn't look like, that bad. <laughs> Yes. You're basically kind of negating their feelings on how big they feel. I got right? you. So what, so, can we, what can we say? Oh, you're, you're glowing. <laughs> yes. Or just say you look like you look beautiful. Actually, one of my friends the other day and almost like she said it so nicely. She was like, you, she's like, you just look awesome pregnant. And I was like, thank you. Like, like that's a nice thing to say, but don't be like, oh my God, you're barely showing or how far along are you? Like, oh my gosh, like just don't go there or the opposite. Don't be like you having twins or wow. (laughs) Definitely don't do that. Everybody should know that already. People do that though. They like, I just, I don't think we should. I don't know. I feel like commenting on the size of the baby. And also you don't know if this person is dealing with like gestational diabetes and their baby might be bigger or they're dealing with preeclampsia or something and their baby might be smaller. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like we should avoid it. Okay. Avoid it at all costs. Well, no, you can compliment them or say like they look beautiful, but just don't comment on the size of their stomach. Okay. Small, big, whatever. Just keep it. Just keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Okay. I like that advice. I need that. And always, and I think it's nice when people are like, how many weeks are you like, that's okay to ask because like, you know, you want to, or so, like, it's okay to ask about their, how far along they are. Just gotcha. don't comment out on how big they are. Gotcha. When they say I'm only six weeks and you're like, God, you're huge. Don't do that. <laughs> well, nobody <laughs> does. It's like the opposite though. Like, Oh, you're barely showing. You're like, really? Cause none of my clothes fit. And I feel like a whale. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? I got anyway, you. I got you. Okay, I'm done with my soapbox. So that's my pit. What just about like, peak? I think my peak is, peak is my health. I'm like the fact that 
my family is healthy and I'm healthy and my parents are healthy. And I don't know. I just, I feel really fortunate and I feel like there are a lot of people who are sick and we're not, and I'm very grateful. So, and you managed to stay healthy the whole break. Yeah. Honestly, Christmas was awesome. And new year's, we didn't do anything. Um, partly because everybody was getting sick, but I mean, and I'm pregnant. So I was like, I don't do anything. Yeah. how much to do on new year's. Um, but yeah, Christmas was wonderful. We got to see everybody. The kids had, I mean, it was, it felt normal, which was nice. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, so 2021 honestly was a great year. I know some people are like, you know, it's like the thing to do is complain about how awful of a year it was at the end, but it was a great year in 2020. I mean, so far 2022 has been great. I mean, it's only been what, like a week, but I'm just, I feel good things are happening. Yeah. Even okay. though right now we're on zoom, good things are zoom. happening. And this is actually the only time since we started the podcast that we've had that you and I have zoomed from somewhere else. I know. I actually said that to my parents. I was like, it's going to be weird to like, not even be with Catherine or Richard. Like, no, I mean, yes, but we've never Richard every time. I mean, it is, Mm -hmm. it is amazing. We've made it this far. Let's be serious. We're very fortunate. Right. And that's like, I saw this thing the other day and it was like, just because you're over it doesn't mean it's over. And I'm trying to like live that a little bit more because I get over things really quickly. And then I just like put them in the back of my mind and I'm like, they don't exist, but they do. I'm officially, I'm officially over it, but you're right. It's not, I don't think it's ever going to be over, right. We're going to just live with it. I think so. And I think that's okay. I think once people kind of come to terms with the fact that like, you know, it's just, I don't think this is going to be the way life is forever necessarily on zoom, but I think that, you know, we're going to be dealing with stuff like this for a long time. And I feel like we've still found joy. So we just need to keep trucking, right? Keep trucking, keep trucking. Trucking. Wait, so what's your pit? What's your peak? Um, let's see. I mean, I have, I had a few peaks. I'll discuss my peaks. Let's see. Yeah. At the, I've been waiting since June for my new vehicle. Oh, the Moke. Oh my God. That I purchased the Greta Sloan purchased. And it's going to be kind of a delivery vehicle. You guys, I bought this Moke. It's M-O-K-E. It's the Plenty Plenty Mercantile has the Moke dealership in Oklahoma. So if you want a Moke, you can buy one from them. But it's light blue. It has white interior. It has a top. I don't have the top yet. And it has. it's electric. It goes 25 miles an hour. And you can drive it on a street that goes anywhere from... 35 and below. And you can cross a street that's more than 35. Like you could grow, go across 63rd, but you can't go on 63rd. So wait, wait, is this like a street legal? Oh yeah, it's totally street legal. You can drive it on a golf cart. But but why can't you go on 63rd just because you're, it's not. Because it only goes like 25 miles an hour and 63rd is 40. Okay. So what's, so the threshold is 35. 35. Gotcha. Or Tracy at plenty. I mean, I haven't totally researched that, but that's what she told me. So I mean, it it in. yeah, so it's, we drove it from when we got it, we drove it down to spark and had lunch and then we drove it all the way from downtown. And I mean, I think that you could drive the thing all the way downtown. You kind of have to go Just like over, through. 
neighborhoods yeah, and stuff. Like cut through the neighborhoods. But I mean, when it's warm outside, it'll be a perfect thing to, to take all around. Neely yeah. has been driving it, even though she's not 16. I think you're supposed to be 16 to drive it, but she thinks she can like drive it to Starbucks and drive it to wherever. So it's a little, honestly, cool it's probably helping her become a better driver. It probably is in a way. Although, that's not totally. I mean, my Jeep that I had when I was 16 was probably not a whole lot safer than that thing. So. No, it was a little higher up and it went a little yeah. faster. You could roll out a little more easily. So I'm so excited about the Moke. If you see it parked out in front of Greta Sloan, it's, it's, we'll be there to make deliveries. I think we're going to decorate it, put stickers on it that say, you know, I don't know, Greta on the go or cute Greta girls on the go or something. So we're working towards that. Um, another peak was new year's. We decided to stay in and we let the girls kind of invite some friends over Fun. Haley had her boyfriend and they, we set up like a little table for them in the front room and they had dinner in the front room. And then Gracie had like 10 friends over and oh my gosh. they kind of took over the back house and it was raining, which was sort of a problem, but oh yeah, did karaoke. Like Gracie set up like a cheese plate and she like got all these decorations and they did karaoke and they played spike ball and they played you toss the beanbags cornhole and oh, Jim took them through right in the moke. And I mean, we made them steaks on the grill and Caesar salad and twice baked potatoes. And they all came inside and ate. I mean, it was the cutest thing you've ever seen. Uh, really, they're in eighth grade. Like I felt like it was sort of the last year of, of that sort of innocence. And I was so happy to sort of hold on to it. And I think that Gracie was a little nervous because all of her sort of best friends were out of town or like a lot of her best friends are out of town. So she put together this really fun group of kids from Crossings, Westminster, Heritage, Cassidy, and they all were together. And I, I just, Jim and I loved watching them be together. And it was fun to have Neely and her boyfriend. That was so much, that was a blast. And it was cute to see them at the little table together. So that was fun. And then uh, Jim and I went on a little like quick trip to Scottsdale and had a nice time alone. We had not been on a trip by ourselves really for no reason since our honeymoon. And we've been married for 17 and a half years. So I mean, that is so sad, <laughs> but it's so sad. Just so you know, really sad. Um, and it was like, it was kind of, you kind of had to like get back into the groove of things. Our kids were like, mom, why are you and dad going on a trip? That's just weird. That's just weird. Like, why would you go somewhere together? And I was like, oh my God, I've set the worst example for my kids. So we have like a new plan. We came home. We're like, okay, we're having a family meeting every Sunday. We're laying out the calendar. We're, and our kids are like, what's wrong with you guys? They think that we've like gone crazy, but I think that's great. You know what? It's a new year in 2022 and we're going to try to get it together. So that, that was really, those were my, those were my peaks of the season. Um, my pit is that your Christmas tree still up? Uh, yeah, my Christmas tree is still up. Well, actually, Jim and Gracie took all of Christmas down yesterday, which was really nice. I was cooking Jim nice. a birthday dinner, but that yes, the tree is going out to the curb tonight. It'll be all packed up. I mean, I don't know. The pit is just this general just COVID BS. It's just yeah. I think we all get was- tested, not get tested. You have a cold. You don't have a cold. Do you wait in line for three hours? What do you? It's just. It's exhausting mentally. And I've got a million other things I'd rather be thinking about. Yeah. You know, like. I agree. It is exhausting. And it sucks too when you get a text from your friend and they're like, I'm positive. And you're like, oh, and then you're like, 
there's nothing you can do to help them. I mean, especially my kids or my friends who have small children. I'm like, and luckily all my friends who have been positive, they haven't gotten that sick. I mean, they're, you know, they said, it feels like if, if it's the flu, it feels better than the flu. If it's a cold, it feels worse than a cold. You know, I mean, it's like, interesting. if you name it the flu, then they're like, oh, this isn't so bad. If you name it a cold, they're like, eh, geez, everybody's, everybody's has it. And I just hope that, you know, like if my parents get it, I hope because they're triple vaxxed, they'll be okay. I mean, that's all you can do at this point. Yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so happy for us to be back together and enjoying each other's time, even if it's only on Zoom. I know. Well, I'm excited for 2022. I feel like 2021, we did so much. And then now it's like, we kind of have a groove. So I'm ready to expand the action city, whatever. I don't know. Whatever that means. Whatever it means. I don't know what that means. Maybe it's like, <laughs> maybe we get advertised. Lots of again. ideas. It's, do we have the time to do it? Well, I will say, every, I, Emmy reached out and asked people for recommendations about people we should interview. And we got yeah. so many good recommendations. Tons. And- we already have a pretty extent, like expand, expansive, extensive, whatever, yeah, whatever. Both, I think. Both, um, list of people, but it's always good to hear what, who people want to hear from. Cause maybe some of the people we want have already been heard from, or, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. and if pretty- somebody like, if you send us a recommendation, maybe give us like a tiny little one sentence, like here's who this person is. Cause there were a few people, we didn't know who they were. Well, and the, and they have a common name. So I couldn't figure out there's like two people. And so, yeah, I need a DM, but DM us on Instagram. Yeah. One of the people that we, one of the people that was recommended twice, right. Twice. And mm-hmm. he was already on our list and whom. I have met already is the person we're interviewing today. And so yes. we're, guys, we're so excited. I've been, I, I, I will tell you that I need, a, I need some of this person's art in my house for sure. But Tanner Muse grew up in Yukon and has been creating art and music for as long as he can remember. As a kid, he spent his time sketching, dreaming, and researching art. He took a few piano lessons, but for the most part, taught himself to play and even played keyboard in a high school band. Tanner followed in his parents' and siblings' footsteps and attended OSU, where he majored in Spanish and spent a semester abroad in Madrid. After graduation, Tanner began working as a property manager, and now that he had his own space, he was able to experiment with paint and create larger pieces influenced by his home and his travels. It was only a year ago that Tanner hung his first true collection in Picasso Cafe, he would call it Western contemporary art. From there, he gained representation from two galleries in the Paseo. Keeping his day job gives Tanner the freedom to create art when he is inspired. His plan is to keep it that way for as long as he can. Welcome to Action City, Tanner. Looking for your voice to be heard? Have a passion and want to share it with those of a common mindset? Have a business or brand that needs to get the word out but don't know where to advertise? Contact Blacken Studios, a full-spectrum, cutting-edge podcast studio that services clients from all over the country. Blacken Studios offers you more than just a podcast. We offer you an experience. In-house production from audio-video recording, editing, marketing, advertisement, and exposure with over thousands of people listening weekly. Blacken Studios doesn't hesitate to back local businesses. 
So when you want your voice heard, Black and Studios has your back. Search Black and Studios on all social platforms. Email at podcast at blackandstudios.com or visit us at blackandstudios.com. And remember, it's Blackin'. Tanner, hi, good morning. Hello, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're, we're sad with we're in virtual, which is why the recording it sounds like we're all on the telephone, but I know you guys we're in we're on Zoom. This is my first Zoom meeting in a while, actually. Just starting I feel off like to- I'm always always zooming. Really? Oh, I, I for a long time I was zooming like a gazillion times a day, but I haven't done it in a while. Same. So now I have to I kind of have to get my bearings and like, you know, get resituated to Zoom. It's like, where do I look? Do I look at Emmy? Do I look at Tanner? Do I yeah. look at Richard who you can't? Oh God. And things are dinging. I, how do I turn that off? You guys. Oh, I don't know. Things well, make- I'm glad that we were able to do this virtually rather than not do it at all. So I happy agree. to be here. I know I- because Emmy and I've taken a little break and I've kind of missed Emmy and I've missed talking to people and hearing people's stories. Well, we actually, you were, I did an Instagram thing where I had, you know, I was like, please give me your guest suggestions. And I got your name twice. Mm. I know. Emmy, I didn't know that. Yeah. Which I was like, oh my gosh, Tanner would be great. And then I, you were already on our list and I was like, oh yeah, this would be awesome. And then it worked out. So I'm so glad. Oh, that's here. awesome. Yeah. So I you were, I don't think we've had by a- two of our 1500 fans. <laughs> our 1500 fans. <laughs> Emmy, I don't think we've ever had a, an artist on, have we? Uh, no, we haven't. You're our first. I mean, we've had filmmakers. We've had film people. We've never had a, a true. We've had, yeah. We've, I don't think we've ever had somebody who's wait. Right. No. I'm going to say this and now we're going to offend somebody. <laughs> well, if I'm but the first, were- I'm so honored. So flattered. <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank you having are. me on. Thank you are. Well, so Tanner, where are you from? So I'm from Yukon. Okay. Grew up in Yukon, uh, born and raised there. And it was a great place to grow up. I mean, when I was a kid, Yukon was really a completely different place. You know, it felt rural, like it felt like farmland but it's it's completely different now it's it's grown so much and it's been so developed um but i loved growing up there it was awesome uh from there i went to oklahoma state had a wonderful four years there and then immediately after college i moved to oklahoma city so well, okay. in, yeah, yeah you kind of we like yeah, to we gotta, yeah, we we gotta, gotta get back. the deep of the high school experience <laughs> and all that fun stuff. we love to know about oh gosh <laughs> okay <laughs> Well, so in high school, were you an artist? Were you doing art? Like where did kind of the art start or when did it start? So I was pretty artsy in in high school, which um, looking back, it it was probably more like geeky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've always been super into art. I've been drawing since I was a kid. Um, In high school, I was super into music. I uh, was in a band in high school. We played Christian rock music. Okay, so what did you play in the band? (laughs) Were you the singer? Were you the guitarist? What were you? I was the keyboard player and singer. Nice. What was the band called? I love high school band names. I think they're amazing. It was called 
Crossing Calvary. Crossing Calvary. Can we can we listen to some of your uh, no on YouTube? No. <laughs> no. Oh yes, we can. I, really I, can. I would prefer to to not revisit that, that era. <laughs> Did you guys play at church? Is that where'd you play? We oh yep our our primary venue was churches. So nice, Got, nice. Okay, where yeah. is where's everybody else from the band now? Are they still in bands? Or do they move on? Um, I know that they are still into music um and honestly i don't really keep up with them now but every now and then on social media i'll see that they're they're still playing music which is great and i i still play music too i i'm always playing the piano at my house but but not doing anything like recording anything or performing just just for fun did you take piano lessons growing up or did you just learn it by ear yeah i so i started playing by ear and then I took piano lessons for six months or so and then uh, that kind of faded out and I just started learning on my own again and and went from there. Wow that's awesome. I'm amazed by that. I, I, li- I cannot hear any tunes. I basically had to cheat my way through the history of jazz and college. I hear nothing in music. I, I'm amazed at people that can understand it and hear it. Yeah well I feel the same way about sports like I I I enjoy watching sports I I love going to football games and things like that but it always amazes me when my friends know like the history of some player you know I've never heard of and for me that information comes in one ear and goes out the other but with music and and artists and bands I feel like those those are the types of things that I hold on to and, and can remember and that's what's interesting to me, you know, so I, it, it amazes me when people are just sports geniuses because. Do you think that you came out that way or do you think that was learned growing up? I mean, did your parents listen to music? Were your parents artists? I certainly came out that way because not that my parents aren't artsy people, but, you know, th- that's not one of the first uh adjectives I would use to describe them um they're probably somewhere in the middle between artsy and uh, sportsy you know <laughs> so <laughs> if, if that's a spectrum that exists I guess I guess those two things can converge though too they can yes absolutely but so yeah I, I I I'm the only artist in in the in the family so do you have siblings yes I have an older sister and a younger brother we're super close. They're awesome. We all are OSU people. My whole family went to OSU. So nice. It's been pretty cool. So, okay. I'm a middle child. So I always love it when we have middle children on because I feel like <laughs> yeah. I always ask if they feel like they're a typical middle child. Like, are you the peacemaker? Are you kind of the glue? Are you the rebel? Like which one? I think I think in my younger years I thought I was the rebel, but I <laughs> in the am, Christian band you were definitely a rebel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that wasn't my peak, by the way. <laughs> it was not my peak. <laughs> I was a total dork in high school, but um, I'm the peacemaker for sure. Same. I are feel they, like how much? How far apart are you guys? Uh, my brother is five years younger and my sister is three years older. 
Oh, okay. So, so I mean, pretty, pretty close. Do they live in, in Oklahoma City? Yes. My sister lives in Edmonds now, and my brother's at OSU. He's a senior there. Oh, living the dream over there. Yeah. So OSU was always kind of going to be it for you? I guess so. Yeah. I, I kind of thought about other schools, um, but just hearing all of the stories that my mom and dad had and with my sister already being there, it just kind of seemed like a no-brainer. I, I just thought the vibe seemed really cool, and I knew I was going to have friends there already, and it, it was it was great. I, I wouldn't change a thing about my college experience. I, I had so much fun. Did your mom and dad meet at OSU? They met uh, in high school. They went to PC North, and both just happened to go to OSU. Gotcha. So they were friends, acquaintances before college, uh, but started dating in college. Okay, so what did you go to OSU to study? What were you thinking? I mean, you said you're a nerd. I don't feel like you're very nerdy, but... (laughs) Well, if you saw pictures of of me in high school, you'd think otherwise. Um, So I went studying Spanish. I know it's completely random, but I wanted to be a Spanish professor. Uh, I knew I wanted to speak another language and I thought it'd be awesome to be a professor. And so I was studying uh, Spanish lit, which I loved. I was super into it. Uh, But then once I graduated, I immediately got a job uh, in real estate. I'm a property manager. Um, And I loved it. It's, you know, a super flexible job. I have a lot of freedom with it. And it worked really well with, you know, my dream of kind of becoming an artist. So I haven't changed it. And it's going great. Did you study abroad in college? Yeah, I studied in Madrid for a semester. And it was Uh, incredible. It's, It's my favorite city in the world. It's so cool. If you haven't been to Madrid, I, I would totally recommend going and asking me where to go there because I have so many recommendations. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, so in college, were you creating art? Were you still just dabbling or was that kind of, I know like for some people they get to college and there's so much else going on. They kind of lose some of that, but were you still doing it? Yeah, in in the small amount of downtime I had in college, I was drawing. Uh, I wasn't doing any any like big projects, but this art was still a big part of my life. Even though, uh, you know, I was busy with, you know, college things. So, uh, but yeah, it, it it's always been a constant in my life. Anytime I have downtime, it's what I'm thinking about. Did you have like a little sketchbook that you took with you or were you doing big scale pieces? I mean, or is it just like kind of doodling while you're sitting still? I mean, I'm just fascinated. So in in college, I would do a lot of like charcoal drawings and colored pencil drawings in a sketchbook because, I mean, outside of that, I was living in a frat house. So I (laughs) didn't have like... A the bunch room, of like space. painting supplies uh, floating around. So yeah, I would I would just do tr- uh, charcoal drawings 
and um, like realistic uh, colored pencil drawings uh, in a sketchbook. But yeah, the painting kind of came after college because it just wasn't really possible for me to do that in the setting I was in during college. Now, a little birdie told me to ask you about Charcoal Jesus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really know why it's a funny story. <laughs> I think you have to see the picture that goes along with this story. Well, I saw the picture. We might have to. <laughs> so, so you saw that picture and you still I saw don't the think picture. I was a dork in high school? <laughs> I, want, I want one of those in my driveway, by the way, at Easter. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll pop over there. <laughs> uh, no, I just <laughs> on Easter went out and drew this massive Jesus face on my parents' uh, driveway. I was probably like 15 or or 14. And um, did all the neighbors drive by to see it? It was probably like the exciting news in the neighborhood. It it was, it created a buzz in the neighborhood. (laughs) Um, But really that, that's it. I think that the picture is funny because I'm like total skater boy in, in the picture. Like my hair is like a huge ball and, you know, my pants are hanging down and <laughs> I have my skinny I'm sending jeans Emmy on. the picture. Yeah. I, I, I'm sending her so she can see it. Well, here, the, the, what I really, what I also loved about it is that when Jim and I sort of first got married, we used to have these kind of prank wars that we would play on each other with, 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 with Lee Sullivan or with Lee Murphy, we'd go back and forth with all these pranks, like at Christmas and Easter. And one year, I can't remember if Jim put it up, but basically put like a giant rock in front of my parents' house. And in the, in the back was like a cardboard cutout of Jesus, like popping up out of the rock. And so we always, I mean, I've realized we're painting that to be funny, but we always have these like crazy, funny, like Easter pranks. So I'm like, I've got to, I've got to have you draw that in the Sullivan's driveway. <laughs> on That's hilarious. I got to have it. <laughs> that would I mean, be great. It's really good. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's I, I can't imagine looking down like that and getting the scale right, the shading right. I mean, the hair is like sticking out. It's good. <laughs> well, it's funny because my parents were like, well, I don't want to back up over that drawing, you know? <laughs> How do we get out of the driveway? Yeah. yeah they're like, they're playing, like praying it doesn't rain. So it's sad when it washed away. Oh, gosh. oh gosh. So charcoal was your first medium. I love it. Yes. Yeah. That's so funny how you knew to use charcoal and not chalk. I guess I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, I, I'm sure I was like researching, you know, on probably on YouTube watching art videos and I was inspired by something I saw on the internet. Oh my gosh. Well, that's amazing. Well, so, so you graduate from college, you're not going to be a Spanish professor. Mm-hmm. Even though I still like deep down inside, I feel like you would be such, I know when I first met you, I was like, you would be an amazing professor. I was like, if I was taking Spanish from you. I would love Spanish just as a side note. But oh. so you, you had more space and that's really what inspired you to start painting that you had room and your own area to be creative. Yeah. And I think um, after my time in Spain, so I was a senior when I, studied in Spain. And while I was there, I got to visit some of the most significant museums in the world. You know, the Reina Sofia is there in the Prado. And I think 
being able to have those experiences kind of made me realize like that's something I wanted to pursue, you know, and I mean, art has always kind of been my thing. It's, it's been what I enjoy and what I um, do for fun. But I think it was around that point in my life where I realized that, you know, I, I should be producing and, and, and making use of this, this talent that I've, you know, been, been honing in on and working on throughout my entire life. So how long, I mean, I'm, I'm so fascinated by this, but how artists sort of develop their sort of style. So when you're graduating from college, like what was your, what did your art sort of look like when you first started painting? Was it sort of reminiscent of this like Americana thing you have now, or was it totally different? Like, what did it look like? Yeah. So during college, I would say there wasn't really any Western uh, theme with, with my art. I think, um, this is super random, but I came across this movie called Red River. It's an old black and white movie with Montgomery Clift. Have you heard of Montgomery Clift, the old actor? I'm well, I'm running my head. Cause I think my dad made me watch this movie <laughs> when I was in middle school. I'm 99%. It's, it's so weird. I, I decided to watch it because it has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think something sparked my interest in like Western art in general. And so I watched this movie and it totally inspired me. Um, It's a super weird movie. I don't know why it's so, you know, highly acclaimed, but uh, that kind of sparked my interest. Montgomery Cliff, I did a portrait of of him. Uh, It was one of the first kind of bigger paintings I did. And uh, in, in the style that I'm doing, it was kind of like Western pop art. And he just has a super interesting life. He's an old Western actor. And that's kind of how it started. Okay. And so is that what you would like, I mean, describe your style as now as Western pop art? Yeah. Yeah. I like to say like Americana, contemporary Western, somewhere within that realm. Well, and having there- grown up in Yukon, I mean, you were sort of smack dab in the middle of, of the, I mean, maybe not the West, but of, right. what, you know, of the country kind of, of the, yeah, you know, absolutely. the urban country. Yes. It, it was, it was a natural place to fall. You know, it, it seems it was, I think one reason I went that direction is because it was familiar to me um, just with, you know, where I grew up. Um, so it only seemed natural that I kind of go that direction. I, yeah, I can Wait, see did it. You, did you take any art classes in college or, I mean, you must've taken art in high school. Did you take any art classes or are you really totally self-taught? No art classes in college. Um, oh. it, it's just uh, completely self-taught, which, you know, like I said, when I was a kid, it's it's what I did, you know, while, while other kids were, you know, playing sports or, or, um, do, you know, doing other things, I was always drawing and, and, you know, kind of thinking creatively and thinking of ideas of things to draw. And, and so no, no, no serious art classes ever. Um, it's always just been my, my hobby. So. Okay. So you see the movie, you get inspired, you start creating this sort of Western pop art 
contemporary style. So when is your first like art sale or when do you realize like, okay, this, this is something that people really want, or it's something that hasn't been done yet in Oklahoma city, or when did you kind of like see sort of the business side of the art open up? So it, it all happened pretty quickly. Uh, I had a collection of paintings at my house that I knew I wanted to do something with. And I was blessed to get the opportunity to hang my pieces in Picasso Cafe in the Paseo. And that is really when everything changed. Um, I, you know, had them all hung up in, in the restaurant and it, I was super pleased with, with how it did. I think uh, nine out of the 11 pieces sold within, you know, one month period. And so it was pretty surprising to me. You know, I, I didn't realize that. Uh, I mean, I knew people bought art, but it, it was, totally flattering to know that people would pay money for my art. And it was, it was awesome to even see my art hanging up somewhere besides, you know, in my house. So completely changed everything. And and I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And how did you get that opportunity? Like, how did that uh, come out? Yeah. So I am friends with, with Kent, who Uh is a, is a partner with, um, with Picasso and um, which, which I had applied probably a couple of years ago. And uh, you know, I, I had told Kent that it was something that I really wanted to do. And so, uh, you know, he, he helped me out there and, and I, I owe him big for that one because it totally inspired me. And, and I feel like I'm on a completely new trajectory after that experience. Well, so in Picasso Cafe, they obviously have art hanging all the time of different artists. Have they mentioned anything to you of this art sold more quickly than other artists we have in here? I mean, it seems to me that to sell nine of 11 pieces in a month is pretty quick and probably faster than the usual that's hanging there. Yeah, they did tell me that it was um, the fastest selling show that they've had. What? That's awesome. Which is what which I, is nuts. Like I, I couldn't couldn't believe it. I was totally And they've been hanging shocked. art in there for how many years? 10, 15. I mean, it's been there a long time. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why did we not get in on this at the beginning? This is the kind <laughs> of stuff I, I never get in on the well, beginning. I haven't, it's because I haven't eaten there in way too long. I didn't get to see it. I know I didn't but, get to see it. And by the way, we would have to have eaten there in the one month. Yes. Yeah. It's not like we had six months to show up. Well, so Tanner, how long did it take you to create the 11 paintings that were hanging in Picasso Cafe? And can you create them fast enough for demand? <coughs> um, so whenever I, what I do is I'll take a few months to kind of plan what I want to paint and I'll, I'll you know, come up with like a theme for a collection so that they're all kind of cohesive, you know, with similar colors, similar style. Um, and then I'll go into a phase where I'm physically uh, painting the, the pieces. Um, and I, I think the, the phase where I'm actually in my little studio in my house painting 
Uh, I'll probably, so for example, the, the 11 pieces that I put in Picasso, it probably took me around six months, but I was, you know, in, in my studio every single night, spending hours and hours and hours, like my social life was, uh, out <laughs> the window. <laughs> so, but then after that, I, you know, I took a break, took a breather, went back into kind of like a planning phase and, and then I'll, I'll start a new collection once I feel ready, which this is all totally new to me. You know, I, before a year ago, I, you know, hadn't had any experience selling artwork. So it's something that I'm constantly learning about and becoming more comfortable with and kind of creating a rhythm. How many commissions do you have right now? So I actually, right now, I don't do commissions. Okay. I was um, going to ask that. That would, was going to be my follow-up. Do you like to do them? Because I heard that people <laughs> hate to do them. Yeah. I, I've i been asked to, to do commissions in the past, and I just feel like it's too much pressure. Like, I, I don't want to cre- create something that they might not absolutely love, you know? And I, it, I feel like if I were in their position, of course, they're going to feel obligated to say, oh my gosh, I love it, you know? And, and I just don't want to create that situation, yeah. you know? So, and I, I would just hate for someone to feel obligated to hang something in their house that they don't absolutely love because I would feel obligated to, to hang it up and, and say I loved it, even if I didn't because, you know, someone worked hard on on what they gave you so I want to avoid that situation but maybe in the future I'll I'll consider it yeah that makes sense so are there any so okay now you have your pieces hanging in two galleries in the Paseo correct yes so yes. How wildfire many? okay yeah gallery and uh, JRB nice. oh you enjoy Reed Belt Yes, that's right. Very fancy, Tanner. <laughs> yeah, which that, that was an amazing uh, thing that happened, too. I, I had dreamed of having uh, pieces in JRB for, I mean, probably as long as I can remember. You know, that, that gallery is just historic and iconic. And, um, you know, it's right there at the end of the street in the Paseo. And I've always thought it was super cool. Um, so it's awesome to get that to get that opportunity. How does that process work in terms of starting to work with a gallery? And obviously, there, nobody has an exclusive because you're hanging in two galleries. From a business perspective, how did that process come about? And then, how does it work? Uh, well, I am super new to uh, galleries. I mean, what happened with with Joy Reed Bell is. Uh, she saw my pieces hanging in Picasso and um, she gave me a call and said, Hey, we have some openings. If you want to pop some pieces in here is super casual. And I said, sure. I, I had, I had some pieces that I wasn't really doing anything with and I brought them over and uh, they're, I'm, I think they're hung up right now. I haven't been, been there in a while, but they were hung up for it for a time. And um it, the, kind of the same thing with, with Wildfire. They asked me while I had pieces at uh, Picasso if any didn't sell, if I would bring them over. It, it, Wildfire is right next door to Picasso. 
Um, and so they just asked me if they could take the ones that didn't sell at Picasso. And, and so that's what I did. I just brought them next door and now they're hanging up in, in wildfire. I love this feeling of it all being so organic and that yeah, yeah. one thing sort of leads to the next and that, you know, it feels like you sort of had a plan for wanting to create art, but that you've just let the rest of it sort of happen, which I, which I love because you know that people are really responding to it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been super, super happy and pleased with the way people have responded to it. And I mean, that's, that's the way I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it in a way where I kind of built up a collection of paintings and, uh, you know, either hung them somewhere or posted them on Instagram or whatever, uh, just to see the kind of feedback I get that way. I didn't want to push them too too hard on my own. I just wanted to kind of passively have people see them and just see where where it took me. You know, I didn't want you know to to you know think I'm anything I'm not or think my art is anything it it isn't. Um, so I, I've been totally just flattered by all of the kind words I've I've received and, and the good feedback I've I've had. Do you have a mentor in the local art community who can kind of help you or who has helped you with some of these questions we're asking? Cause it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like there's no clear path business wise on how to go about this, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't right now. And that's certainly something that at this point. I could really use because, you know, like I said, this, this has all happened so fast and um, it was kind of not a rash decision, but um, it was a, a decision that kind of played out on its own as far as me putting art out there and, and selling artwork. Um, so yeah, mentor is certainly something that I, I would appreciate at, at this point. So we'll, we'll put our feelers out and see. Yeah. 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 I mean, I send so anyone my way. Yeah. I'm like, maybe you may, yeah, maybe Ryan or somebody like that. But, um, well, so okay, now because I've seen some of your pieces, I I was obsessed with the one that says Mezcal and it had the horse. Mm. So is Thank that you. your current collection? So that was my 2021 collection, and now I'm I'm. Okay. I, I have a few, I, I kind of released like a winter collection, just a, a small collection, uh, but I'm about to start on my uh, 2022 collection. Nice. So, and you'll have another 10 to something pieces that'll be available. Yeah. That's awesome. And have you done the planning process yet? Do you have your inspiration set? Are you to know what you're thinking? Yeah, I, I have a few ideas. Um, it's, it's kind of in the early stages of, of planning, but, um, I, I think it'll just be pretty similar to, to what I did last year, uh, because it was so successful, but definitely Western bright colors, uh, kind of pop art contemporary style. Where do you get your inspiration? Um, that's a great question. I, I think, um, Traveling certainly is a huge inspiration. Um, I went to Tulum 
a year ago, last January, I went to Tulum and that's what kind of inspired like the whole Mezcal theme. Mm-hmm. And a, a huge part of the collection that I did last year was kind of a mix between uh, like Mexican and American Western, uh, like Vaquero, Cowboy mm-hmm. crossover. And the skulls. And I love that. Yes. Yeah. The skulls, all, all the Mezcal uh even though the horses i i did some bullfighters so very inspired and uh, spain madrid has been a huge inspiration to me maybe not as far as the theme goes but the, the colors that that i put into pieces so I, I yeah i would say the number one thing that inspires me is traveling and seeing new places seeing new art do you have any trips coming up so we can get a sneak peek on what's going to inspire you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to Paris soon. Oh, okay. In well, about nine days. So very oh excited for that. And of course, Paris is like art mecca. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm going to bring my notepad and, and get gather as much inspo as I can while I'm there. Oh, that would be so cool to see some pieces that are kind of, Parisian Western. Mm-hmm. I, don't know I, know. I was just thinking, I was like, what is Western Parisian? I mean, I, you know what I do love? I love the way Parisians sort of interpret Western fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. When, when, when you, about every five or six years in the fashion world, you sort of see a Western influence, right? You'll go and there'll be kind of, you know, pearl snaps on things. So there'll be Western collars or people will be wearing cowboy boots. And it's always hard to bring that back to Oklahoma because I feel like we have that all the time here. But when you see something like that in Paris, I love the contrast of it being so high fashion, but it's incorporating sort of Americanized Western, Western pieces of, of fashion. So maybe be on the lookout for that. We'll see. You can. Okay. I was, yeah. I was just talking to my husband that my favorite Chanel collection ever was their Paris Dallas collection. It was like in 2014 and it's very Dallas meets Paris. It's like phenomenal. I found a pair of shoes the other day on the real real from the collection. And I asked for them for Christmas. Cause I just think it's so cool to have that sort of like just position of like this ultra feminine with like the ranchy. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to look, look into that. That's right up my alley. If you haven't, that show, I mean, this is totally sidetracking, but that show was in Dallas when I worked for Neiman's. And so a lot of the people I worked with went and they had like hundreds of vintage cars brought in and they did like an antique Western drive up movie theater for the, for the fashion show. And it was incredible. Like nothing you've ever seen. That is so cool. Yeah. So it was kind of like inspired by those like vintage Western cars, but then the interiors were all done to look Parisian. It was very cool. Yeah. And yeah, I I agree. I like the juxtaposition between like kind of gritty Western and super clean contemporary. Mm -hmm. That's something that I've kind of tried to incorporate in my artwork. I could see that. And I feel like that's very reminiscent of a lot of like, I don't know, styles right now. It's like you do, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are kind of streamlining their homes, a lot cleaner lines, like their kitchens are a little like, you know, more 
all one color, monochromatic. And so like for art, that would make sense that people are, are driven by that or, you know, really responding to it. Right. Yeah. Peter, is, the, is the goal to be able to produce art full time and have that be a full-time source of income or do you love being a property manager and you want to be able to do both? What's the, you know, I don't really know what the goal is right now. I think that's what I'm trying to figure out. And, um, I, I really, really like the way I have it now. I, I do love my job. I have a great gig. I work with some awesome people and, um, I, I kind of like that art for me isn't completely a business. You know, to me, that's kind of part of what um, what makes it less fun and less enjoyable is if, if I had the pressure of it being, you know, my, my income and, right. and my business, I don't know if I, if I would like it quite as much, um, but I, I haven't tried that. So, you know, it's something that I'll have to, experiment with and and as I grow as an artist consider more and more well I I do like that you are thinking about it in terms of these collections and creating a certain group of paintings at once I mean in a way it sort of keeps supply low and demand Mm -hmm. high and yeah you're not prolifically creating art all the time that's going to be readily available. If you want it, you have to wait for it and you have to, you know, that there aren't going to be out there. That is something I've thought about. I've thought like, well, if I'm making art all the time and making a bunch of art, are there still going to be people that out there that want it? You know, (laughs) like how many people are there out there that want like a massive skull painting that says Mezcal a bunch of times in their home, you know? Probably more than you think. Yeah, maybe, hopefully. More more than 10, that's for sure. Yes, more than 10, for sure. sure. Is there any contemporary artists who you look at their careers and you're like, that's kind of what I would love to do? Or is there anybody locally? Well, I mean, Ed Ruscheh. That's what I was thinking when I looked at it. I actually, I thought that too. I was like, this gives me Ed Ruscheh vibes for sure. He's such an inspiration and I think for me um, there are so many things I mean I, I hesitate to say similarities because obviously I'm I'm he's and an, a legend but um, I, I feel like we have a lot of similar uh, similarities just you know being from Oklahoma and his paintings he he likes to you know put words in his paintings and uh, use bright colors and He's, he's a huge inspiration for me. Um, so yeah, he, he's someone I've always really looked, looked up to. That's awesome. Well, Emmy, are we ready for our final questions? I, I think so. I honestly forgot to start my timer, so I have no idea. <laughs> no, I, I've, I've been, I'm actually watching. Are you? Yes, which is a first for me. Oh my gosh, she never. It's a new year, new me, Amy. I was going to say, it's just like, I can't handle this. We're on Zoom. <laughs> Catherine's keeping track of time. Well, I'm really trying to put, you know, put my minutes forward into a parallel universe right now, but uh, that's okay. I know. Um, yeah. So, our first final question is kind of Oklahoma City in 10 years. 
your artwork in 10 years and then you personally in 10 years, kind of where do you see each of these landing? So how, how do I envision OKC looking in 10 years? Yeah, I mean, we didn't really get too much into the like OKC art scene, but mm-hmm. now we can kind of talk about it, I, you know, but like kind of in your experience now that you're getting into galleries, kind of where do you see the art scene in 10 years? Do you see it growing? Do you think it's kind of like, what's what do you see happening in that arena? Yeah, I certainly see it growing. And I think one thing I love about living in Oklahoma City is that it's a city that you can watch grow. You know, it, it's, it's developing and progressing right in front of our eyes. You know, you feel like you can be a part of something bigger. And that I think that's a huge inspiration for me um, as an artist because, you know, Oklahoma City is, is approachable and there's so many creative people here but they're not pretentious, you know, like everyone is so down to earth. Um, I, as an artist, feel like I'm a part of, of Oklahoma City and I'm, I'm just kind of getting started. So um, I certainly see the art scene in, in OKC uh, growing and, and developing. And I think uh, regarding like a 10 year, uh, you know, vision or goal, um, I would love to in 10 years have a little gallery of my own uh, somewhere in Oklahoma City. So that would be my 10 year goal. I love that. Okay, so what do you, for your art in 10 years, do you see it as your full-time job or do you still see it as a passion or? Or do you see mixing in other mediums beyond paint and pencil and charcoal and I mean would you do sculpture would you do 3d I mean what do you uh well just recently I've thought it would be so cool to get into sculpture work I mean I know nothing about it I've never I don't have any experience with it but I I think it would be so cool and around Oklahoma City uh you know if you look for it there's quite a bit of uh, sculpture work just kind of planted all around Oklahoma City. And I've just thought it'd be so cool to have, uh, you know, a public piece of art like that. Um, but, you know, especially because I'm so passionate about Oklahoma City and I love being here. I love living here. It would be, it'd be cool to kind of have a mark, you know, in, in, in the city where anyone, anyone can see it without even having to go into a gallery. Um, but yeah, as far as in 10 years, uh, my, my, the trajectory of my art career. I mean, I certainly, it it will, it will be a a passion for sure. Um, business wise, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure because, uh, you know, I think that's something I'm figuring out right now. And I've kind of been put in situations where art has become, uh, a, a business and it kind of makes me take a step back, you know, so I'm, I'm hesitant to, to say whether I I want it to be my full-time job right now makes sense well would you ever do a mural or is that too daunting i would love to do a mural i think that would be so cool i've seen walls uh around oklahoma city and had had ideas of things that would look cool there i've always thought that would be amazing but it's not something i have any experience with so you know i'm not sure 
charcoal Jesus on the driveway. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yes. was the you're first so right. Attempt at a mural, giant scale, and it wasn't even like it, you had to get down on your knees to do it. So I think you can do it for sure. I'm bummed yeah. that Greta doesn't have a wall that you could do a, like a little practice one on or something. No, well, we're we're thinking about sort of redesigning it, and we wanted to get like a wallpaper, but maybe this could be it. Maybe this could be a yeah. Well, regardless, I would love to have a piece in Greta Sloan. That would be so cool. Oh, well, I would love it. I know you have to go on your on your trip to Paris, but we're going to find another time to yeah a show at Greta. Oh, so yeah, definitely. I've well, so then that. what about you personally in 10 years? Personally in 10 years? Oh gosh, that's a tough question. I know. That's <laughs> tough. It's probably but the I need, I need like an example answer for that. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I want to become more involved in in the city um, and, and in the art community. I mean, right now I'm really not involved and, you know, I want to join, uh, you know, be a part of organizations and find ways to help the city and, and, uh, you know, just become more involved. And so, yeah, I would say that's my primary goal for myself uh, in 10 years to, to become a more, uh, just to become a part of the community. That's a great goal. And I do think that's something that as you, I've noticed as I've gotten older, that that really brings me a lot of joy and it makes me feel connected to something bigger than myself. And I, I do, and I think if you start with, what your passion is and you start getting involved in that area, it'll, it, it will open up so many doors and, and you're right. Make you feel like you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Were you ready for a final question, Catherine? Okay, final question. Tanner, I know you love Oklahoma city as much as Emmy and I do. And I know that you're out and about checking out all the new hotspots. Yeah, yeah, probably more so than us. Right? I way more so than us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to be in your social calendar, but you have a best friend that comes to visit for the weekend. They fly into Oklahoma City, you pick them up in the morning. They took that like 5 a.m. flight from wherever they're coming from. They land at like 8 30 in the morning. You pick them yeah. up because you can still pick people up at Oklahoma City Airport or at the Will Rogers Airport. And you you guys have the whole day to do whatever you want. And you want to show this person your favorite parts about Oklahoma city. What do you guys do? Okay. So I think it's a no brainer. We'd get brunch at the Jones assembly. Well, of course. Yes. <laughs> um, from there, I would like to walk around, uh, the myriad gardens, uh, scissor till park. Um, maybe have a day at the pump. Me and my friends love the pump. We're always at the pump. Okay, like I never get to go there because it's 21 and over. And for some reason, my kids are always with me. So I'm yeah. dying to know, what do you love about the pump? I'm like, I'm dying to go. I think it's just, it has a really good energy. And I mean, in the summer, it's the funnest place to have drinks with friends during the day. Um, I mean, the, the crowd that shows up at the pump is eclectic and fun and I mean, they all, they all are, you know, super progressive and creative and it's just a cool vibe that the pump has. And I love it. Um, so that's a great place to go. Um, I would also bring them to 
uh, OKC Contemporary, which is so cool. I've only been once, but it, it's amazing. Um, and maybe for dinner, I love Cheevers. Cheevers is not so the, good. Not the only one, Tanner. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Frida. Maybe take them and sit sit at the bar at Frida. Do you have like a little um, name on a on a bar stool at Frida? Do they have like the Tanner Muse bar stool or what? Well, it's it's probably coming to that because I'm always <laughs> sitting at that bar. But um, after that, if we were feeling crazy, I'd probably take them to Pony Boy to get some dance floor time in. Okay, uh, in the farmers market. No, it's on. It's in Uptown on tw- on Twenty Third. Oh, you guys are cool and young. I'm not, no, I'm like thinking. <laughs> I'm like, 48 year olds in there. I would give anything to get like a day drink at the pump on. That sounds. That sounds so fabulous. Fun. I can't. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe one day Tanner, Emmy and I can meet you there. We can ditch our children. I, I have Let's to do, do it. it. I have to do it. Like that just sounds incredible. <laughs> that, that's my, my vibe these days. I don't, I don't stay out late. <laughs> I like to be in bed by. She was in bed at 745. (laughs) I was was in bed at 745. I was still cooking dinner. I'm I'm much more European over here in my, in my dinner. No, I love like a day drink and then to bed early is my favorite. Yeah. Which, you know, I've been sober for way too long. I'm currently pregnant. So that's why I'm like, oh, yeah. I've been pregnant for four years. I mean, I've been pregnant for <laughs> yes, for a long time, for a long time. Well, Tanner, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You were so sweet to roll with it with our Zoom instead of seeing you in person. But I love that I get to see your artwork in the background. Well, thank so, you guys so much for having me. I've been so nervous this whole time. Oh my God. <laughs> you wouldn't know it. Oh my God. Great job. Well, so wait, before you, before we sign off though, Tanner, I do want oh, yeah. people so they can visit the galleries to see your art, yeah. but also it's available online. Right? Yeah. You can go okay. to my website, which okay, is what it which is. is Tannermuse.art. Tanner what art? How do you get that? Dot art? Yeah. Well, and- I, I think it's like less desirable than .com. <laughs> I think it sounds way cool. Okay, what about on Instagram? Can people see your art on Instagram? Yes. Uh, my handle is just Tanner Muse. M-U-S-E. Oh, do you think that Tanner Muse, the NFL star, wants to buy Tanner Muse from you for a boatload of money? You should see if you should sell it to him. Well, I beat him to the punch. You did. Beat him to the punch. <laughs> so no, don't to- give it up. Don't give it up. No, yeah. sell for a lot of money. <laughs> Tanner, awesome. thanks so much. Have so much fun in Paris. And me and I are really jealous. Uh, I'm so jealous. I cannot wait to hear about your trip. I know it's going to be. A- okay. I'll, I'll take plenty of pics to, to bring take back some, to show you guys. Good pictures. Yeah. Okay, Send us some, yeah. Tell us what you're inspired by so we can get a little sneak preview for the next collection. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. I will. Bye. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate your listening to these stories. You can find us on Instagram at ActionCityOKC or for business inquiries, email us at hello at ActionCityOKC.com. Action City is produced by Blacken Studios. You can find the studio on Instagram and Facebook at Blacken Studios. Creative services provided by Ranger Creative. Music written and performed by Kansas City Bankroll.